Amen. Let me open in prayer. Go ahead. Father, we thank you and praise you and glorify your holy name. Just for the privilege that we have to be here this morning in your presence, we welcome you for the word that shall go forth in power and might and that has already set the captives free. I ask, Father God, that today as the word goes forth, that the anointing be upon your word and be upon Pastor and I as we proclaim it with authority and we thank you Holy Spirit for rising up in us and teaching the word through us this morning and that this seed will fall upon good ground, good soil to everyone that hears it with everybody within my voice now and everyone that hears it online or also the church in Oregon. And so we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, we'll start off with the nugget. First of all, vision involves seeing. Vision involves seeing things from God's perspective. One more time. Vision involves seeing things from God's perspective. Okay. And if you're titling this morning's sermon, it's Keeping the Foundation. Keeping the Foundation. <clears throat> Today the world is upside down. It's completely out of order. What was right is now wrong. What was wrong is now considered right. And the spirits of deception and evil prevail in society. It's sad to say that this line of thinking and confusion has even emerged into the church. Many Christians no longer are strong in their faith because of deception is running rampant and has eroded the foundational principles of their faith and even worse, some have abandoned their faith. Mm. To be strong and to remain strong, we must know and realize that God's word is our only foundation for truth and victory. So refocusing on our foundational principles of the word will be a time of refreshing and reestablishing or establishing the vital truths necessary to keep us free. So turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, looking at verses 16 and 17. We'll be reading this from the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline of obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action, so that a man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it says here, this is why the scripture has been given to us. Glory to God. So we'll, if we'll turn now to Second Peter, we'll tie this together with it. Second Peter chapter 1. And we will look at verses 20 and 21. Again, from the Amplified, that's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Yet first, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation, loose, loosely say, solving. For no prophecy ever originated because of some man willed it. To do so, it never came by human impulse. But men spoke from God who were bore along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit states that no part of the scripture is of human or, or origin. Glory to God. But that every part is divine inspiration. Okay. Uh, this is the shepherd's voice. Whether he speaks to us through Leviticus or John or Ecclesiastics, Isaiah, or even the book of Revelation or any other book of the Bible, 
All are equally precious. You can't toss these things out. It is true that one book may be intended as milk for babes and another strong meat for men, but they are equally inspired for they are spoken by the shepherd. Glory to God. We are to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through Scripture. So let's turn now to the book of Acts, chapter 20. That's the book of Acts and chapter 20. Do you have anything there yet? You know, when you talked about that, I had posted on my site, I was thinking the other night about one of our toddlers years ago. And he came out running out excited about a scripture he had just learned. And he said to me, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not leak. <laughs> I started laughing and I, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I think, Christine, I think you had taught that morning. I'm not sure. And uh, I said, what? He said, I shall not leak. And I, meant, and I said, you mean you shall not lack? And he said, yeah, that's it. But he wasn't going to leak any of his prosperity out. He was going to keep it all. But I, I toasted that. And, I, you know, I think I got more um, hits on that than anything else I've posted. And I thought that was pretty funny. But it, it was so cute because he was so innocent. And he really thought, man, I have really learned something here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not leak. Well, we won't lack. Amen. And so Amen. I just reminded you when you said talked about the shepherd because we won't leak and we won't lack. Amen. We're not going to let the word leak out of us. Okay. I don't know if that went along with what you want me to <laughs> go along with, but I, I just, I just thought about that. I started laughing when I thought about that the other night. You won't lose the scripture. In other words, you won't leak yeah, it. Yeah. You're not going to okay. lose it. Acts chapter 20. At all. Looking at verse 32 from the Amplified once again. And now brethren, I commit to, God, to you, to God, I deposit you to his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I com commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. Glory to God. So it's, it's ours. The word is ours. It's been committed to us. Now, once again, let's turn to Second Peter one more time. Can I share something? There? She's going to share something at this point. This Go ahead. This is a powerful scripture when you look. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. but I just did. Is that what you... Okay. I want to just kind of dissect it a little bit. Right. He said, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. He's saying here, I am committing you to God. I deposit you in his charge. That's a powerful, powerful scripture when you think of that. You know, just being committed to God. You know, that's what we do at baby dedication. You know, the parents are saying, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm giving this child back to you, God. You've loaned me this child, and I promise to raise this child for you. And this is what um, he's saying. I've committed you to God. I deposited you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. What greater protection and care could we have? Hallelujah. I mean, what a promise. That's something you might want to meditate on for a while. Not right now, though. <laughs> okay, going back to Second Peter, this time chapter 3, and looking at verse 18. Again from the Amplified. But grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and the day of eternity. Amen. So be it. Glory to God. So we need to be focused on what God is wanting us to have. Amen. <clears throat> now, in keeping the foundations, we need to know that the Bible is not just God's word. It is the word of God. It contains the mind of God, the life of God, the state of God 
of man and the way of salvation and the doom of sinners. I had to put that last part in there because we're not going to have that. So what does God say about his word? What does God say about his word? Turn with me now to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. This is what God says about his word. From the King James this time, chapter 4, verse 12 of Hebrews. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and is a, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. From the Amplified it reads, For the word of God that speaks is alive, and full of power, making it active, operating, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and immortal spirit of joint and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Glory to God. So, the word... is like a surgeon. It can just finally operate in our lives. It, it, it'll give us the understanding of what we need to have. If there's something we don't understand, we just go to the Word and it says it'll divide it, what we're thinking or, or what situation or circumstance that we're in, and it will bring truth to what we need at that moment. That's great. You have something there? Glory to God. Okay. What else does God say about his word? Romans chapter 10. We're going a little backwards, but... Romans chapter 10. Familiar verse. Verse 17. That's Romans 10, 17. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God from the Amplified. So faith comes by hearing... What is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. Glory to God. So faith comes by hearing. So the more we hear God's word, the better off we'll be. I mean, we need to be plugged into God's word. I mean, when, you, when you're reading your Bible, read it out loud. Or... Read it with somebody else, or, or re, I want to say, look at it while somebody else is reading it. You'll get the context of it much better. It's needed. So that's how faith comes. John chapter 14. You know, can I read verse 18? Because oh, she must go to really 18. Powerful. All right, go ahead. That's 18, Romans 10, 18. I'm going to start with 17, okay. though, in the Amplified. So faith comes by hearing. Well, it, the King James says, cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, verse 18 says, but I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For the scripture says, their voice that the nature bearing God's message has gone out to all the earth and the words to the far bounds of the world. So in other words, the words has gone out to all the earth. It's, it's gone out. You know, you hear about villages where no, nobody's ever been, yet they have actually, you know, people, have, missionaries have gone there and they've actually heard about Jesus. Why? Because God himself shared that with them. I mean, that's powerful. You know, sometimes we sit and think, well, how are people going to hear if nobody's there? God makes sure that everybody hears the word. Now, whether they accept it, and they act upon it is a whole nother story. You know, some people get stumped in a, in a spot and they, they can't move. It's up to them to move themselves. There comes a point where you have got to get up and say, I've had enough and move yourself. And we see a lot of people in that position in this hour that we're in right now. And so 
faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Well, to go and study something that has nothing to do right now with your situation, you know, you could become, I could go out there and study a lot in a, let's say, marriage, okay, let's use marriage. Well, my marriage is fine. That's not where I need to be studying right now. I need to be, I need to be studying in whatever area I need perfected in my life the most. And I need to stay there until I know that I know that I know that I know it's taken place in my life. But most people get, get off into something else and they don't take care of what needs to be dealt with right now. And right, right now, there, there are like four different areas that people need to be, and I won't go into it right now, but they need to be stable in, they need to be studying, they need to be assured in, in this time that we're living in. I mean, it's, it's a must, the time that we're living in. One of them is healing. You know, I have a, a doctor friend that I talked to recently, and she said, there are so many viruses and things out there right now that, that we are completely puzzled with what's going on and where they're coming from. They have no idea. None. Well, the Bible talks about that. It, talks, it, it says that this is going to happen in the last days. And so that's one area that we need to definitely every day be in the healing scriptures. Be constantly in the, in the scriptures. So I'll let you go on. But, but faith cometh by hearing. And you notice he said and hearing. Not just one time, but you've got to continue hearing. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Amen. That's why I tell people, write, get your Bible out in every place. I use green, but every place, every healing scripture you can find in the Bible, and I tell them to go through the Gospels first, or the um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. Go through those and underline them in green. Where Jesus cast out devils, where he healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead. Get those underlined so you can automatically go to those when you need to. You're being harassed by, by demonic spirits. Well, it's right there if you have it underlined. You know, it's right there so you can come at it with the word of God. Amen. Because the enemy always wants to take you back to the area that has a weakness in it, where there has been a weakness or a, um, a place that has been, I'm thinking of a road, let's think of a road, how they get ruts in them and they keep filling up the ruts and then the cars drive on it and then the, there's ruts again. Well, those are areas that need to be tended to continually for the rest of your life to wear out of here. Amen? For the rest of your life. If you know that there's, there's certain family curses or family things in your family, let, let's just use one, maybe a family has a history of bad backs, say your parents or whatever, then you know for you to keep from having that, you're gonna have to study that and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to stay in those scriptures and command your body to line up continually to what the Word of God says. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you, dear, for letting me share that. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Glory to God. That's good. Okay, turn with me now to the book of John. And we're going to go to the 14th chapter. Well, we're turning there. Fear is another one that people need to be dealing with constantly. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Okay. 14, 23. And we want to go to the uh, 23rd verse. That's 14, John 14, 23. Verse uh, from the Amplified. Jesus answered, If a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teachings, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home abode, special dwelling place with him. So, the word has to be 
abiding in us for God to really place his address in us. Amen. I mean, uh, you just can't be a post office box. You know, visit it once, a t- once in a while. You have to be, his home has to be constantly in you. The word has to be constantly in us. I mean, uh, even though, you know, as born-again Christians, everyone has the Holy Spirit within him because that's part of the, that's one of the promises. But we need, we need that constantly abiding of the Father and the word to address things in life. Okay? So, one must abide, we must abide in the word. This is what God says about it, okay? Yeah, I do. If we can go down to verse 24. Anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. That's pretty heavy. And the teaching which which you hear and heed is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. That's why Jesus spent so much time going off and spending time with the Father because he knew that he had to hear what the Father had to say and wanted done on this earth. Okay, so let's move on here. But he goes on here and he says, I have told you these things while I am still with you, but the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you, bring you to your remembrance everything I have told you. Then he goes on to tell them, Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He's saying, do not. I want you to stop and think about some things that maybe your hearts are troubled about. It might be little things, just little dinky things. And he's saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop, and this is a big one, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So he's saying here, I've given you my own peace. And then he goes on to tell you what you have to do to walk in that peace and keep that peace continually. And one of the big thing is stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. The minute you feel any of those emotions come upon you, you need to realize that you are not operating in God's peace that has been freely given to you, and you need to take some steps back and stop and get to the Word immediately. So it's a choice. It is. You make. I have that written right in my Bible, my choice. You know, it's, it's like, um, I mean, I've told people in counseling before, this is up to you. How long are you going to allow this to go on? The decision is yours. Kenneth Copeland has a, a wonderful book. I don't know if he still has it. It's called The Decision is Yours. It's a powerful book. And it, it's the truth. The decision is yours. Hallelujah. So God has said, you know, follow my word. But then he goes on to tell you how to. And he goes on to tell us that he's given us the Holy Ghost to teach us everything that we need. Praise the Lord. Okay. Turn with me now to the book of Mark, chapter 13. Again, 
What does God say about his word? In Mark chapter 13, verse 31, King James says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Wow! So we can rely upon his word. It's not gonna, he's not going to compromise his word. It's always going to be there. It's steadfast. It's immovable. So what his word says, it's, it's not going to change. We need to understand that. And once we understand that his word is not going to change, and he's given us his word to live by, it means the things that try to change us can't if we look to the word, claim it, confess it, believe it, and receive it. We'll be more than conquerors, just like his word says. Amen? So his word will not pass away. Okay, uh, this is a good one. I think we all know this one. Psalms 107. Can I move down a little bit on this She one? wants to move, move down Yeah, because I, th we've taken this out of context. And I want to throw it into the context that it's in. Okay. Okay, if we can do that. Because I always look, go ahead and behind and whatever. So we are in uh, Mark 13. 31. 31, and I want to look at this a minute. He says, um, heaven and earth will perish and pass away, but my words will not perish or pass away. Now, this is talking about us right now, the next verse. But the day or the hour, not a single person knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, constantly alert, and watch and pray, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man al already going on a journey. When he leaves home, he puts his servants in charge, each of his particular task. And when he gives orders, the doorkeeper to be constantly alert and watch. Therefore watch, give strict attention, be cautious and alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Watch, I say, lest he come suddenly and unexpectedly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to everybody, watch, give strict attention, be cautious, active, and alert. This is where the body of Christ needs to be right now, on guard, alert. Because we don't know. Only God the Father knows, but we know the signs of the times. And we know that they're there, and we know that everything is ready and prepared for that time. So we need to be on alert. You know, some, some um, people's positions or jobs, they're constantly on alert you know, with the job that they have. Um, we need to be constantly alert. We need to be constantly aware that the Lord could come at any time and be ready and prepared to meet him. Ready and prepared. And that means going and taking a list and sitting alone before the Father. Waller Park works real well. And going out and asking him, am I ready and am I prepared, Lord? Because right now in this hour, we must keep ourselves ready and prepared. We must keep our attention on him and not, not the crummy things that go on around us all the time. You know, I'm thinking right now about the time when all the people left, except the disciples. I mean, Jesus had thousands of people following him around. And in one minute, one second, one, all he had to say was one sentence. And they all got angry and left. I mean, you know, it'd be like a church full of thousands. And all of a sudden the pastor says one thing and they all walk out but 12. You know, that, think of it. Well, that's going on right now in the body of Christ. People are, are just walking, up, walking away and doing their own thing, which is sad. But we need to stay prepared and at attention at all times. Right now, in this hour. Hallelujah. 
So I, I wanted to share that. I wanted to pull it back into context because um, the word will not pass away. And God knows the time. God knows the hour. Are we going to have to go through much more of this? I don't see how we could. Hallelujah. Psalms 10720. What does God say about his word? Won't pass away. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Glory to God. Uh, from the Amplified, it says, He sent forth His word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Glory to God. Go one verse up. I'm up. Well, she likes to do number, verse 19. And they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivers them out of their distresses. All we've got to have to do is cry out to God, and He's there to deliver immediately. But you know what most people do? They try to solve it themselves. Instead of crying out to him immediately, they try to solve the situation themselves. You know, you're going to end up turning to him anyway, so you may as well do that first. Because <laughs> down the line, you're going to end up doing it, so you may as well go there first. Amen? You know, a lot of time is wasted between the problem hitting and trying to work it out yourself, and then finally figuring out that only God can solve it or only God has the answer, when you could have saved a lot of time and, and mental anguish by just giving it to Him first and finding out what's going on, God. Amen. Okay, 1 Kings. I love this scripture. 1 Kings chapter 8. From the Amplified, that's 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Blessed be the Lord, who hath given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he has promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses, his servant. So we see here, not one word has failed. Go down one. Want to go next one? Yep. May, the, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers, that he may not leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. So. Not one word has failed. Gee, that means the sun comes up every morning. Amen. There is always sunshine above the clouds. <laughs> we have to realize that. Sometimes we get in the, in the gloomy, gloomy grayness and say, when is it going to change? But it's, it's sunny above, the, above those clouds. And that's when you have to be an eagle. You fly above the clouds. And an eagle, just once they get up there, they ride the thermals, they just lock their wings, just... You don't hear about, you know, all these tornadoes that we hear of. You never hear of, of uh, an eagle finding a dead eagle. Well, they get above it, fly above it. So we Hallelujah. Okay, one more. What does God say about his word? In Numbers chapter 23, that's Numbers chapter 23. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So God, God doesn't lie. I mean, everything in his word we can take to heart <coughs> and believe, knowing that it will come to pass. Find a promise that he's promised to a believer, it's yours. He doesn't lie about it. <coughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God has spoken his will 
the Bible is his will. We just have to find out how to operate and walk in his will to receive the blessings. Okay. And, and do you think God would make it that complicated? Let's just put them on the earth and let them find Jesus, and then we're going to make it a puzzle. So they're going to have to try to figure this out, and, and maybe they will, and maybe, no. He made it so simple. Once we got born again, he gave us all the instructions and everything we need to fulfill, to fulfill all that he's called us to do on the earth. And the hint is... What is his hint? Choose life. Yep. Choose life. And, and God is life. So we need to just choose what God says. He says if you do it the other way, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to have troubles. So God binds himself to all new and special relationships. Those who obey his will. That's a special relationship with him. Throughout the Bible, we see those that obeyed his will were the ones that got blessed. So we need to learn to line up with God's word. Amen? Okay. What is the Bible? Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, verse 23. I'll read it from the Amplified. James 1, 23. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face, in a mirror. So the word is a mirror. It, when we look into the word, it gives us a reflection of ourselves. Do we, I mean, when we get, when we, when you get a, looking in the, well, for me in the morning, shaving and so forth, you see what you got to shave. For the ladies, you know, it's cling, cling, you know. Or, you know, lipstick and all that type of stuff. But we see what we need to improve on. The Word shows us. This is what you look at or looking, and you need to make these improvements. So the Word is right there. It's a mirror. It reflects the exact image that we are. And it says, this is what you need to do. This is how to, to clean up. So uh, the word is not condemning us, but it's exposing us to truth so that we can walk in truth. Okay. Back up now to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Oops, wrong way. And we want to go to chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 23, looking at verse 29. That's verse 29. And again from the Amplified. Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance? So the word, first of all, is, is like a hammer. It says, uh, when you use a hammer... You usually know what you're hitting. I mean, sometimes your thumb gets in the way, but you know what you're hitting. So it's an exact place that you're using that hammer. So the hammer uh, isolates the sin to be destroyed. Okay? And then the fire, what does fire do in the Word of God? 
Fire is to uh, refine things, to remove the dross, to bring forth purity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got that? So the hammer to convict uh, and, and uh, destroy sin, uh, sin and, uh, and fire to refine, to remove the dross that's in our lives. Because once you've been hit by the hammer, the sin is sin has uh, been exposed, and then we need to be refined. Okay, now let's turn to the book of First uh, Peter once once again, or first time First Peter chapter one. The Bible is. Shows us this. That's First Peter chapter one, looking at verse twenty-three. Amplified, First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-three. You have been regenerated, born again, not from mortal origin, seed or sperm, but from the one that is immortal, by the ever-living, lasting Word of God. Hallelujah. So it's a seed. Uh, from the uh, King James, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. So we have incorruptible seed. And that seed multiplies, should multiply in our lives. When you plant a seed, you don't expect just one ear of corn that has only one kernel in it. But you plant a seed of corn that has a stalk that has Five or six ears of corn, and each ear of corn could be three or four hundred kernels. So that seed is to multiply in our lives. So the seed, the glorious seed, is to go forth in our lives. Hallelujah, Amen. You have something there, love? Yes. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord, divine instruction, the gospel endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. Hallelujah. So we have been regenerated <coughs> from a mortal origin, seed, sperm, but one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting Word of God. It's the Word. We've got, to, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word has to be everything to us, everything. Number one, everything. I can't live without it. I can't survive without it. it. You know, the Word, has to mean more to us than anything else. The Word and Jesus are one. You can't separate them. And to not be obedient to His Word is a real quick road down, you know, just a, it's like a slide. You know, when you get to the bottom, have it, how many have ever gotten to a bottom of a slide and decided you wanted to go back up? You know, after you've come down, you want to crawl back up the slide, how hard that is? We just can't allow any place to slip right now. Not any area at all in our lives to slip. Because it's, 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 what I've watched is people, when they've slipped, it's, it's like a, a rock rolling down a mountain. It goes faster and faster. I've never seen anything like it. I couldn't, I wouldn't have imagined this three years ago that this could happen like it is in this hour, in this day, talking to other pastors and things. But we've got to take the word, and that word has got to mean everything to us, no matter what. We have to change our stinking attitude and thinking many times. I, I me, okay, I'll use me, forget you. There are areas that I just have to, just forget it. That that what that person's doing does not matter to me. They I'm they they're not involved in my life. 
I just, you know, there's certain things we just need to stay out of and keep our mind on Jesus Christ and nothing else in this hour and love each other and care for one another and pray for one another. Because this is a time right now where, you know, you might be, we don't know what we're going to be standing up to, but we better have, we have a love for one another like we can't even, could never have imagined. Amen. It's just not us four and no more. We need to really look around and see who isn't here and who hasn't been here for a while. And I'm going to be real blunt. If they're not here and they're not going somewhere else, then where are they? They're backslidden. I'll put it bluntly. And this is not an hour to backslide in. And trust me, I've called people to find out if they've gone to other churches. So we need to be in prayer. Amen. I know that's pretty blunt, but I've always been known for being blunt. That means that we need to hit our knees and start praying because the Bible says, would to God it, be, it not be us. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, I backslid on the pew one time in church because the, the people that were into pornography, the elders of the church, the men of the church had gotten rid of our pastor. And I backslid on the pew angry at them until, until we drove to Oregon to go see our, our pastor that they had thrown out and, and sat down and talked to him. But do you know what the saddest part was during that time? And I know this is going out in the air. I ended up, we had planned on four children. We had planned on six, but there was definitely going to be four. I ended up, because of bitterness and resentment, ending up having to have a hysterectomy, which was sad. You know, I got stole from because of resentment, or we got stole from because of resentment. And we can't allow that. And so I'm just, I'm just not begging you, but we need to really pray. Pray now for those that, you, you know, look around. If you don't see somebody, you know something's going on. We need to pray. More so, go visit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not, I'm ashamed to say it. I'll tell you what kept me there. My kids. Because I knew if I left the church, I knew if I leave and I quit going, then it's going to be simpler. It'll it'll be easier and easier every Sunday and every Wednesday night not to go. And I knew that my kids salvation depended on me being there. My family's salvation depended upon me being there. And so, you know, there, for, for whatever reason, you know, think about who brought you to the Word of God. Think about that person that brought you to the knowledge of the Word of God. You know, in a way, you owe your life to Jesus, but in a way, you owe your life to them. Seriously, because they cared enough to share the Word of God with you. They cared enough to get you out of religion and into the kingdom of God. And they loved you enough. And the persecution, they went through it through because of it. They've gone through enough persecution for it, but they loved you enough. You owe your life to that person. I'll be honest. Thank God for those that prayed for me or I'd be in hell today. I know it. And so I was thinking about that on the way to church today. Thank God for those that cared enough to tell me about Jesus and prayed for me. Because if they hadn't, I would be in hell. 
And I remember God telling me, you could not stand one minute of hell. I don't know whose underwear I was folding. I used to pray and uh, when I would, for everybody in the house, I would have their clothes and I'd pray for them as I folded their laundry. And I remember God saying that you could not stand one minute of hell, but people you come in contact with daily will spend eternity there. I'll tell you, that jerked the slack out of me. Talk about becoming a soul winner overnight. Okay, sweetie. Okay, then we go, what's, what else the Word says? To the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 26. That's 5, verse 20. Uh. I used to pick up hippies on the street in my car and preach to them. I know I would not tell people to do that, but I used to do that because God told me to, and I knew I was safe. God tells you to do something, you're going to be safe, right? Amen. I will share as we're turning there. You may as well get a laugh out of this. I think I've shared this before. One guy I got in the car, I was a brand new baby Christian, and one guy I got in the car, and he started telling me he just got out of the mental hospital. <laughs> You have to remember, I'm a brand new baby Christian here, okay? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going down the road, and if he gets goofy, I can jump out of the car. But I'm going to preach to him about Jesus Christ as long as he's in this car. <laughs> Pastor didn't know I was doing this. He would have flipped. But I just preached, got to the bottom of, this, you know, of the road, down a Mesty, and got, not a Mesty, but Green Valley Road, and got down there to the light and let him out. He heard the word of God. But you know, that changed my life. That made me a preacher overnight. One minute of hell. I've gone through what I felt was one minute of hell before, <laughs> but it wasn't. So let's look at the labor that cleans. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, again, verse 26 reads. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. So the, the word cleanses us. Glory to God. The more you hear the word, the more right. things you find out that's wrong that you want to get rid of. So it cleanses us. Uh, also in John chapter 15, verse 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So it's the word that's going to clean us up. If, you don't, if we're not hearing the word... We're going to be dirty Ernie's, okay? <coughs> we, need, we need to get cleaned up through the word, all right? Okay, let's go to Psalms 119. In Psalm we call Benjamin Dirty Ernie because he gets his food all over him. So we call him Dirty Little Ernie sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. For those that are hearing this, Benjamin is one of our white Maltese, and they do get dirty quick. Psalms 119, <laughs> verse 105. <laughs> Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What does the light do? It shines your path. It means it keeps you from falling into the pitfalls. So if we're in the word, it guides us. We're not going to fall into any traps of the devil. Oh, glory to God. You don't want to fall into any pitfalls. Fall into pitfalls. Amen. You know, when you read 106, it 106. says, I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it, that I will keep your righteous ordinances hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying them. That is such a powerful scripture. Read that, underline it. I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it, that I will keep your righteous ordinances hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying them. 
If you start your day off with that, I'm going to tell you, if you, if you learn this and you start your day off with that scripture, a lot of things are going to change, trust me. It's a good one. Okay, handsome. Okay, uh, we want to go to Psalms 34 this time. That's Psalms 34. You know what? Hmm? Let's close it out. In Psalms chapter 34, looking at verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Happy, or blessed, happy, fortunate to be envy is, is the man who trusts and takes his refuge in him. Glory to God. So it's food for thought. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The word, it's good. It's good thought, nourishment. Okay, well, let me give two more. Okay. Um, Matthew 4 and 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. But he answered and said, this is Jesus speaking, verse 4 of Matthew 4. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. So, it's bread for the hungry. If you're hungry, it's going to give you something. You've got to be hungry and thirsting after God's word. And uh, the final one I want to do is First uh, Peter chapter one, returning to First Peter. First Peter chapter one. We've already looked at it once, but First Peter one twenty three. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the word gives us life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it gives us faith. And now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. And 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing, even to the dividing asunder of the soul of the spirit and joints and marrow. It is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it has power. So the word gives us life, faith, and power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that, that's the beginning. Uh, we're going to be looking at this for a little bit, uh, keeping the foundation because... Uh, too many Christians are becoming scatterbrained. And unfortunately, they have not found Acts chapter 17, verse 11 yet. And if you know any scatterbrained Christians out there, give them Acts 17, 11 and discuss it with them. All right. Praise I, God. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed if we could. You know, the Bible says in John that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That means you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I know my day that I received him was on November 7th, 1971 at 12.03. So if you're here today and you're not sure if you were to die or if Jesus were to come that you would be in heaven with him if you would raise your hand so I can pray with you. This will be the most important decision you ever, ever make.
praise you, Father. Okay. Does anybody need healing? Okay, Sharon, you want to come on up? Praise God. I'll let you pray, okay. 